Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast where we talk about sports, fantasy sports, dynasty fantasy sports, and anything else we can think of from here to there. I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and along me, uh, alongside me tonight and every night is Tim Reinhardt, RDN. Welcome, Tim. RDN. I'm going to need that one now, too. That is a registered dietitian and nutritionist. Okay. Yeah. I, so, uh, I guess so. That, that sure. Why not? I'll take that. So speak, speaking of diets and nutrition, what, uh, with the Super Bowl, did you eat, eat anything special for the Super Bowl? I, um, so I did, I, um, nothing, nothing too fancy. Um, just, a just a little couple of things. I, um, I made some mini like pigs in a blanket, mini hot dogs. Um, so that was that was good. I made some mozzarella sticks and oh, a yeah. home homemade mozzarella sticks. No, I just went with uh with like a frozen okay. frozen box. Yeah. Um, that no, would have been cool. <laughs> and, uh, I would have I would have needed recommendations on your uh, configuration you have to cook. A- uh, yeah, that's that's a little out of my league, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, then I made some uh, made some chocolate chip cookies for for what I was hoping was uh, you know a fun second half. Um, yeah. and it turned out it was anything but so. So, um, the one thing that I can remember, I didn't actually eat that much for, during the Super Bowl. Um, ate dinner before and then, and then just kind of, you know, sat around during it. Um, okay. the, the, the funniest thing. Oh, it's funny remember, you did that because the Chiefs d- happened to do that too. <laughs> just sat around, didn't just do sat much. around for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, I interrupted. No, that's okay. In, um, in 2008, during the uh, Giants, I don't know if you remember this, but during the the Giants Patriots Super Bowl, um, we had a couple of people that. over at our uh, over our house. Of course, well, I know you remember the Super Bowl, but I don't know if you remember this part. And that we had our, our friend Mike. Shout out to Mike. Yes, over, shout out Mikey. Um, and he brought his buffalo chicken dip. And yes. as I remember, that was one of the you know one of the few things that we had amongst the spread. And you had, as I remember, a friend from work yes. over, yeah. and she also brought buffalo chicken dip. Yes. Uh, and we had two giant platters of buffalo chicken dip and, and not that much else. Um, Am and, I remembering that correctly? And there was a, there was like a unsaid competition yes, between yes, the two of them and- yeah, Mikey's Mikey's was better. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I was trying yeah. to remember. I couldn't remember if if one was definitely superior, and we didn't want to tell the other person that that one was superior. Right. I couldn't remember exactly who's. Okay, Mikey's yep. was better. Mikey's was better. That was the year there were like two. There were two dueling like Super Bowl watch parties going on yes. in our apartment complex because one of our friends um, lived across the way from us and. That's where the Patriots fans all gathered, and then us non-Patriots fans gathered at our place. Right, and I actually, as I remembered, scared off uh, Shooky from ours. You with did my anti-Patriots bias. Shout out to Shooky. You might have, uh, you might have said something that, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't repeat it. <laughs> yeah, it probably. I don't remember what it was, but it definitely should not be repeated. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. An, it wasn't. It wasn't your nice. You know, that was before the whole like sports. Sports are fun. Like right. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're only here yeah. to uh, we're only here to have fun with it um yeah yeah that was it, that was a long time ago yeah that was a long time ago. before i mellowed out on the sports um you know taking a little bit too seriously yeah um so yeah let's not repeat that but 
Speaking of Super Bowls, <laughs> yeah, let's let's, uh, let's let's segue into this Super Bowl. Uh, Tim, a, a fairly dull affair, uh, a thirty-one to nine, thirty-three to nine. I can't even remember the a score. A lot of points to nine. That's all yeah, I know. To nine. Um, uh, no, was it, no touchdowns was it for the Chiefs. Right? They they scored four touchdowns and a field goal. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was 30, 31 to nine. So, yeah. um, Tim, I'll just throw it to you. What what was your impressions of the game? Um, you know, I I. I think the the same thing happened that you've been saying this whole postseason for for the Buccaneers, which is they played they played obviously they played great, and the the Chiefs made far too many mistakes to um, to remain competitive in that game. Yep. Um, things like uh, you know an offsides on a on a field goal attempt are yep. inexcusable. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't understand what that. I, I did think some of the some of like the defensive holding calls were a little ticky tack. Um, that pass interference one downfield I, I thought was probably justifiable. Um, he did grab him on his way from falling down. Um, a mistake like that. Like, how about guys? Um, you know, I, I don't mind that the Chiefs called the timeout on third and two. Like, have faith in your defense; they're going to stop them. Once they get beyond that, though. Like that's when you're telling your defense, all right, we're, we're okay. Giving up three points. We're not okay. Giving up seven. And I don't know why you're not playing seven or, um, you know, uh, like four defensive backs, like safeties, there, keeping everything in front instead one, you know, uh, who I don't remember the receiver who it was got behind the, def- uh, uh, the defensive back. And right. next thing you know, you got a 35 yard pass interference call and it's a touchdown again for the Patriot or uh, geez, look what I just did. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a touchdown again for the Buccaneers. <laughs> felt um, like the Patriots. It felt sure, like it. It, it, I mean, I guess it turns out, you know, it, it's been Tom the whole time. Um, so I, you know, I, I think Tom Brady was, was very good. He, he, he wasn't like, I, I actually thought Gronkowski should have won the MVP quite honestly. Um, right. But it's not like uh, or a defensive player. Who is that linebacker? Uh, I think it's numbers forty-five. Who was running all over the field, ripping guys, you know, heads off basically. Yeah, that uh, Devin White. I yeah, think he's one of their linebackers. I think, I think that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, he, he had an interception as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, and they had Patrick Mahomes running around, like running more so running the wrong direction than yeah, so, he was running so- the right direction. So there's a really interesting stat on that to to cut you off. Sorry, Tim. No, um, no, go ahead. The I heard this week that Mahomes scrambled over 400 yards in the backfield before throwing passes during that game. Are you so, kidding me? Yeah, that is so a that, great. That, I, stat. That's I believe from ESPN stats and info. Over 400 yards of scrambling before he threw the ball down and back Just, on the field four times. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He was pressured on 29 dropbacks. Yep. yep. That's ad- insane. Where so, was his yeah, defense I, when Todd Bowles was the coach of the Jets, by the way? <laughs> I want to know. Well, they didn't have Jason Pierre Piall yeah, and yeah, Devin White and uh, the guy on the other side across from JPP. So, um, you know, I think that that defensive line really made the difference. And I think that's, that's a lot why I talk about the line play because that basically made it impossible for them to do anything on offense. You know, they, they ran a little bit um, around the outside. They got a few runs, but you know, Mahomes was running 400 yards before he could even throw it. He 
I think it was incomplete on his first seven or something like that because he just, he just couldn't stand there and throw. Um, and because they only got pressure with four, they had, you know, extra seven guys back in the back, just waiting and watching and double covering, um, all their receivers. So it made it very difficult for them. And that, that line, um, changed the game. And I, and I think to your point, um, about Tampa Bay's path through the playoffs, this might've been their best game. Um, you know, I, I don't think they played their best against um, New Orleans or Green Bay. Both teams kind of imploded a little bit. Um, Kansas City certainly didn't play their best, but they just got got rolled over. They, I think they just. So if I, I mean, on that point, I think Kansas City, like this game very easily could have been 17-6 going into the half and probably yep. should have been. Um, and it wasn't. And that that's a very different game than 21-6. Absolutely. You know, they they make the goal line stop, which was a great stop. And then they they do a great job getting off the goal line. And then they have third and whatever. And uh, Mahomes throws the ball to Kelsey and he drops it for a first down. Yep. Yep. You know, that that's lots a, of drops. There are a, a number of there are a couple uh, on, on some of those where he probably scrambled 100 of those 400 yards yep. where he threw the ball. He hit um, uh, Tyreek Hill in the face. Tyreek Hill in the face. He hit yep. uh, uh, I forget his first name, the running back Williams in the face mask. Yep. I mean, there's there were times where I thought he was throwing the ball away, and then like you'd get you you get the camera would go downfield, and there would actually be a receiver that had an opportunity yeah. to make a play on the ball. He's in, you know, I, I know that they didn't win, but he's the fact that he was even able to make those throws was right. phenomenal. Yeah, and he, and he had no other choice. He he had to immediately run straight backwards because the mm-hmm. offensive line couldn't hold for long enough for the shotgun snap to get from the, the center to him, you know, like they just didn't have a chance to do anything. Yeah. Um, so he was scrambling and, and, you know, Tyree kill is their, their number one guy. And with a couple guys over the top, they pretty much locked him out of the game. Um, so, you know, I think that you talked about that end of the first half. I think they looked a little bit desperate to get the ball back, even though they're getting it back after halftime, they wanted another chance at it um, right. before the half because they felt it slipping away. And unfortunately for them, um, making those choices caused it to slip further and further away. I mean, I'll, I'll reiterate, like I, I don't have a problem with the timeout. I really don't. I think the problems come after the fact, what defense were you in? Like, what right. was it? It's the same thing that we said after the, uh, the Packers game which was why, why weren't you play? Like I, I thought everyone learned their lesson, right? Yep. Like why would you play uh, in, in what looked like it was a press man coverage? I mean, I don't know how close uh, the corner was to the wideout, but he got burned on the place. He wasn't certainly wasn't thinking he couldn't get beat deep. Right. right? Like, and that's, yep. that's what you had that. I think in that circumstance, especially after you've, you've used all your timeouts, you're not going to stop the clock. the The goal has to be three points. Right, keep them know, in front of you. Keep them in front of you. Be okay yep. with three points. Yep. And yep. and if you and if you end up not giving up three points for whatever reason, great. But you got to be okay giving up three. And yep. then you come. Then you gotta you gotta have the faith that you come back out. You score a touchdown. Maybe you pick up a two point conversion because you're the Chiefs and you do that sort of thing. And now it's a three point game. Like, right. but coming out of the half, it's twenty one six. Or was it twenty one three? Again, whatever. 
Yeah. Either way. Either way at this point, uh, you're, you're down three scores. So you, you really, you, you've changed the, the whole dynamic of the game by allowing that pass interference and that touchdown. And then again, yep. I think that was the same drive. There was a defensive holding on, um, on uh, Matthew in the in the end zone as well. Right. Yes. Exactly. Right at the end of the half. And 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 we can get into this a little bit with the penalties because I was told, I don't know if you were told, but I was told one of the brilliance of Bill Belichick was that he realized that they don't call defensive holding in the Super Bowl. They did. Uh, they don't call passer inf- interference in the Super Bowl. Apparently, they can call penalties on the defense during the Super Bowl. I I was not aware of that. Yeah, um, they, they didn't call it in the Green Bay, Tampa Bay NFC Championship game until that one at the very end. Um, they called it all day. Uh, well, at least all in the first half. Um, but to reiterate, this is a gripe and my anti-Patriots bias is showing here, but I don't think that's made the difference in the game. Um, Tampa Bay rolled them no matter what. But um, I did find Mike Evans's um, imitation of... Uh, Luis Suarez going in for the goal for for Argentina, uh, trying to draw a penalty uh, at that end of the first half segment. Uh, not that convincing, right? So um, he he may have that. That's the one. I, I that's the pass interference, right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. I do think he probably flopped. Uh, not probably. I think he flopped. I I do think that the way that they call pass interference these days, that probably was pass interference. I had more of a problem with the two defensive holding penalties. The one that gave them first and goal on the one uh, and then yep. the one that invalidated the Matthew interception. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the one that gave him first and goal on the one against Gronkowski, the ball was miles away. Um, and also not even like, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, they just kind of bumped into each other. I mean, yeah, the uh, you know, this is something that they started to do with holding. I, I think offensive holding is if, if it's not relevant to the play, uh, they don't call it right if it's not right at the point of attack where the running back's going through, or right at the quarterback. Right. If it's, um, and that's what happened on the interception, or the interception I got called back is it was a totally ball, immaterial, yeah. very soft call away from the ball. Like changes that complexion of that whole beginning of the game because you know I'm not saying that uh, Mahomes would have driven down because they're having lots of trouble in offense, but changed everything completely there giving them the ball back yeah i think uh well so let me let me ask you this are you ready to say that tom brady's a good quarterback now after after seven seven of these well um he has been what is a super bowl what 55 yeah um so he has been present in almost what is this uh 20 percent of the super bowls um so i i mean i think he played his best game of the playoffs in this game didn't have to do as much um, because the running game was pretty much dominating. Um, so made it a little bit easier on him. Um, but he's, he's a good quarterback. I won't, I will never admit that he's a good quarterback, but you know, I think he had a, he had a good game there. He had a good um, game and they had a good game plan. Um, they, they ran the ball really well. Uh, yep. Leonard Fournette, had a had a really nice game. I'm not sure how many yards he ended up with, but they definitely kept uh, kept the defense, I guess, a little soft because they were able to to utilize a balanced uh, a balanced attack. And you know, like uh, like the great uh, Miyagi says in in Karate Kid, you know, balance is uh, 
balance is key. I I don't know if that's the exact line, but I <laughs> there you go. know that he was all about go. balance. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think Kansas city's defense is certainly, um, they've had some advantages having such a good offense, but I think they're not a good defense in general. Um, so that they kind of got softened up by, um, by Tampa Bay. And if, you know, if they don't have that offense on the other end, that's having long drives, coming back, scoring quick, um, their, uh, their weaknesses were, were exploited by Tampa Bay. You know, that's one of the things that I always look at is that, you know, offense and defense are, are, are different, but they work together, right? If the offense is on the field for a long time, that allows the defense to rest. If the offense is out there scoring points, that puts the, your defense into a good position to rush, rush the passer. So they, they work together in that way. And without the offense doing their part, the defense became very clear, their weaknesses. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. All right. So let's, um, let's wrap that up for the Super Bowl. Uh, are you a fan of the weekend, Tim? I, I like Saturday and Sunday, (laughs) (laughs) the musical performer, the weekend. That was the, that was like the, you know, the lame joke I made with my students Uh. on Monday. Um, (laughs) It was, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really love the performance. I didn't really understand what was going on, uh, especially when they went into that weird, like the bowels of the wherever, and and we were in mirror, mirror world or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That was kind of odd. Um, I, I don't understand the 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 background dancers, what what was happening with them on the field. Yeah. Um yeah. and what they were wearing, particularly over their heads. Um yeah. looked, this is the, the ultimate uh the ultimate old man conversation. Yeah. I don't understand yeah, kids in these music dancing things. Uh I found it I found it a little bit like the whole Super Bowl, pretty, pretty dull. Yeah, you know, I mean, if it comes on um, the radio, songs, I'm not going to change it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but that that one, give me, um, you know, give me Bruno Mars again. That was yeah. uh, that Shakira was, and J Lo. I mean, that, that was a yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah, right. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, were are big on the Beyonce one. Uh, yeah, you know, I, the weekend just didn't uh, didn't do yeah. it for me. I think I think you got to have some more dancing. You got to have like some serious dancing going on, uh, not some standing around kind of situation. It's a Super Bowl, for God's sakes. I think I guess they tried to do that in the mirror the mirror segment, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> and I think he got lost at some point. <laughs> looked around like he got lost. He took a wrong. Yeah. The mirrors threw him off. Took a wrong yeah. turn. <laughs> like when you get when you get stuck in in one of those mazes that's yeah. just all mirrors, and just you just go slamming right into one of the mirrors and break your nose or something. The show is actually supposed to be significantly shorter and it ended up being longer because <laughs> you got stuck in there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, so that, let's uh, we'll we'll close it up on the Super Bowl. Um, Let's go ahead and jump to our shout out segment. We have a couple of um, uh, iTunes reviews to go through. Let's uh, go. A couple of five stars reviews. So um, one from good friend Jonathan Bayless, who uh, I referenced his text message. He went ahead and put this into five star review form, which nice. I appreciate. Um, so anybody who wants to get their information read on air, just make sure that you leave us five star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, this is from Bayless. They discuss current happen. Oh, sorry. Let me let me do the title. Relax. Sports conversation between two old college buddies. Careful who you're calling old. Yeah, there, easy, Bayless. Easy. 
Easy on the old. Uh, they discuss current happenings in the sports world, and Jeff reminds us that sports are supposed to be fun. I feel like I could comfortably chime in in the chat with my opinion at any time. So thanks for that, Bayless. Um, we got one more from Drunken Angels. Um, I don't think that's the legal name for that person. Uh, sports and more. You can tell Jeff and Tim have been friends a long time. Their conversations flow and the topics roll one after another. Definitely a must listen fantasy sports podcast. All right. Thank you. Drunken angels. I Thank appreciate you. that. Yeah. On that point, I think we've yeah. talked about this before. We've known each other for more than, for more than half of our lives. Think about that's that. correct. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. So I, I think that's what he was going for yeah. uh, with the old, not the, not yeah, old that, in age, but you know, old and time known. I'll, listen, it, you convinced me. Um, it's all good. <laughs> uh all right um so let's go ahead and uh stay in the nfl just for just for a a quick note um qb carousel uh that we like to talk about is is kind of heating up a little bit um a few a few rumors um that i wanted to dig into uh quickly um i was hoping that uh the eagles were going to go ahead and deal carson wentz uh at some point before this podcast so we could talk about it of course they're going to do it immediately after and we'll talk about it next week <laughs> yeah. um, with our luck. Um, but there was a tweet from Adam Schefter, which said uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, pre the Super Bowl, that they were going to trade Carson Wentz in the next few days. And the rumors had um, Chicago and Indianapolis as the two leading candidates to get him. What do you think about that, Tim? Well, I think the the Indianapolis one makes a lot of sense because Frank Reich was um offensive coordinator for the eagles right yep back in uh back in that um the mvp when they season. won the super bowl when they yeah, won the super and that bowl, was yeah. that was when he was on track to be an mvp uh candidate yep. and and ultimately got hurt yeah so i think that's a that made that destination makes sense i bet frank reich thinks he can he can put together a, a really good offense with him and you know what what that guy might be able to do with an offensive line where he's not running for his life. You know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't, he can't do that kind of stuff. So uh, I I think that would be the ideal place for him to go. Yep. And Chicago seems to me to be the most desperate, um, really looking for somebody that's not uh, Trubisky, Foles, whomever else they have there trying to solve that quarterback problem that they've had for um, who knows how long since they, they went ahead and picked Trubisky over uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, and Patrick Mahomes. So, and and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't think anybody had Patrick Mahomes that high at the time, but yes, they they, they picked Trubisky over both of those guys. So um, still the, the David Carr rumors haven't um, solidified into anything. Russell Wilson looked a little um, yeah. discontented in the press this week. So, I heard that on the radio this morning. Uh, yeah, that would be an absolute shocker. Um, I can't imagine that. I, I that can't happening. see it happening, but, but, you know, you don't usually hear that kind of discontent out of him, um, especially with, you know, all the success that they've had. But again, another guy who has been running for his life, um, with offensive line problems. So that, yep. that stuff gets old. Um, and as guys get older, um, they don't not like us, not like us, not like, not us. like us, older than us. They're, they're definitely old, you know, <laughs> older no than us. And that's, that's what I, um, I find funny about, you know, the coverage about Tom Brady, obviously he's 43 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the way that they cover him, it's like, he is geriatric. Like they're like, look at him. He's out there 
running and being 43 at the same time. It is unbelievable. Um, and I just, I just find it kind of funny in a perverse way because, you know, when you get up to that, that age, um, you know, I feel like I could run around and with an offense line like him, he didn't have to run around at all. He just sat in the pocket. So just NFL teams, if you're listening, uh, Jeff Roman is going to be available for signing next year. Maybe the, maybe the bears, maybe the, you know, I could could see Frank Reich doing a lot of good things, uh, doing a lot of good things with you. He does have experience. We talked about a couple weeks ago, MIT ringer, uh, yep. football league, mainly as a defensive player, but that were right. wide out, but he could play quarterback too. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you didn't, as long as you need somebody who, who can't throw, uh, who doesn't know how to diagnose a defense and who is above age of every quarterback, except for Tom Brady, uh, you, you got the right guy. You know what? The Eagles rumors are making a lot of sense right now. I see them trading Wentz and moving on to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the area. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, geographically uh, in the right place. And the heat, you know, uh, let me tell you, I would not want to be the Eagles quarterback. The heat (laughs) that that comes out of every person in the Philadelphia metro area about the quarterback position of the Eagles is unbelievable. It's, It's worse than... I don't know if it's worse than New York, but it is. It's it's crazy. It's um, it's probably on par. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so let's let's put a pin in uh, the NFL season is over. We're into the um, non-playing season with the the rumors and player movement, which really is interesting to dive into because um, if you're in a dynasty fantasy league, that affects the um, the stock of your players on the off season. Um, if you're looking to trade them or if you're looking just to fill some spots, maybe you got a guy who, uh, is suddenly the the first running back, or you got a guy that's suddenly the first quarterback due to some, some player movement around. So, um, we, we're going to keep an eye on these for, for you, um, and, uh, cover that all off season. I don't think it'll be the only thing we cover in the off season. We'll get some other sports going here, but, um, We'll definitely keep the keep the fantasy relevant positions uh, paying attention to, especially as we come to the draft as well. Sounds good. All right, so let's move on to baseball. Um, we've got a couple of a couple of things that I wanted to talk about with baseball. The first thing that uh, that came out today, I believe, or, or yeah. late yesterday, right? Was late that, last night. I heard it this morning. Yeah, yeah. Baseball is dejuicing the balls. Um, they don't they don't say that, but. Um, we don't have a science teacher on here. Maybe we'll have to get a science teacher, but let me read this, um, from the article from MLB.com. So the league requires all baseballs to have a coefficient of restitution, also known as COR in simple terms, the bounciness of the ball ranging from 0.530 to 0.570. So, and they say that the, the average COR had trended towards the top of that range, which means the baseballs were within uh the allowable range but more bouncy than um uh, more bouncy than not in the in the range of allowed baseball so what they've done is um Rawlings who makes the baseballs has loosened the tension um which will bring the COR down slightly and they lessened the ball weight by 2.8 grams um without changing its size so um so by winding it less tightly yeah, it makes sense. Right, exactly. So they they believe that it will um, have less um, 
distance on the ball. So, so several. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say everyone, they're admitting that they did indeed <laughs> juice the balls up, basically. Right. right, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. After years of saying, no, 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 uh, yeah. like it turns out the balls were indeed juiced. Yeah. So the, they, it was technically still between the range of allowable uh, bounciness for them, right. um, but it was near the top. Um, and now they're kind of uh, bringing it down a little bit. So what, besides obviously them admitting that they did uh, make the ball a little bouncy, uh, what's your thoughts on this? I, I guess it's, it's interesting to me. I don't really, uh, while I, I guess I thought everyone just, you know, loved, loved the home run. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand what the big deal, what the big deal is about it that they needed to like, where did this, where did the pressure to do this come from? I wonder, like, I, I guess that's my, my thing. I, I didn't, un- I th- I just thought it was a thing that we all accepted and that's the way it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, it's strangely open. Um, strangely like they're just kind of getting it out there that they are doing this. Usually we just wait till the season starts and we're like, wait a second. Right. There's not as many home runs. Like they're flying like crazy. There's not as many. Right. Or or the opposite. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the way they're like, oh, well they must've messed with the balls again this year. Um, So this one is strangely kind of just putting it out there way ahead of time, um, which they haven't done in the past. So I think it, I'll, I'll be interested to see the impact um, they've done some analysis I've seen online uh, that I'll, I'll try to sh- share on our Twitter account um, of players that have the most effect, right? So the expected home runs um, that they will have uh, based on this distance change. So, you know, a few guys, I guess, that have hit shorter home runs or, or not home runs that wouldn't have gotten out in all parks. Um, right. w- with this change, um, you will certainly see less home runs. I don't know what, um, what the effect will be, but, um, it should be better for your pitchers and not quite as good for your home run hitters. Yeah. So, um, you know, personally, I I like to see the action on the, uh, on the base paths. So maybe we'll see more of that. If the ball doesn't quite go out, um, as much, we'll see some, some off the wall kind of, uh, inside the parkers, hopefully some of that. So, um, that should certainly be an interesting development as as we go into the season. It's, it's going to be hard to to quantify on on your projections if you're looking to fantasy draft um, in the next few weeks. But I would definitely if you're if you got two guys in hand, I would definitely lean towards the pitcher with this news. Yeah, it, it does sound like it's uh it's pitcher friendly news. That's for sure. Um, yep. I don't think that you know we're we're going to start seeing the return of the bunt and uh, you know. I don't think like offenses are drastically going to change in strategy because of this. Uh, no, they just might see fewer home runs. Yep. Yep. I think so. I think it'll be, there'll be a significant, but not major impact on it. Um, probably one of the impact that you'll see if you're looking closely at the, at the overarching stat lines, um, not necessarily any individual player, but it could, you never know. Um, you never know exactly what could happen. Um, but the home run, the home runs might not be flying out like they usually do. What did you, um, uh, what did you think of the runner on second and extra innings, uh, rule? You know, I don't, um, I don't hate it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, really either. 
Yeah, I, I think the one thing that as I get older, um, the one thing that I have a hard time with is the length of games. Like I can't sit down and watch a three hour baseball game. Um, so yeah, if it makes it shorter and I can tune in in the extra innings and I know, oh, you know what? This is going to be resolved in like 30 minutes. Um, I'll sit down and watch it, you know? Um, so I, I think that seems fine to me. It's 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 a little bit little leaguey, um, but I, I don't have a huge problem with it. What about you? I, I You know, it's funny. I purely anecdotally watched a couple games that went into extra innings and it's not like teams, you know, focused on moving that runner over to third base. It, it, right. You know, so I, I would be interested to see if someone did a, or maybe there wasn't weren't enough games to actually do a study on this, but did it actually make games shorter? Right. And, and I'm not sure about that. And the, the one thing I think I was afraid of was that every single team will just play the bunt sack fly game. Um, and it didn't seem to be the case. Yeah, um, it happen. seemed like people were actually going for hits there to get that runner home from second. So, um, right, you know, trying that, to I, score multiple runs in that inning rather than just the one. Right, Especially and trying to get the you know taking the three shots at getting the the player home from second versus just doing the out out approach, right. um, which may be more uh, a better chance of getting one, but less chance of getting multiple, as you just said. Yeah. So. Um, because the other team gets a runner on second too. So exactly. you, know, you, you have to deal with their uh, equal chance of getting one run. So it, it definitely benefits you to go for go for multiple runs. And yeah. it benefits me watching the game because I like to see more action. So I, I, I'm not, I don't mind that. So if, if it does, I'm with you. I mean, very rarely am I turning a game on at seven o'clock and watching it intently unless right. it's, unless it's the Cardinals in the playoffs or the world series. I'm right. You know, it, it's on while I'm making dinner, or, you know, reading a book or, you know, it's it's or it's just on while I'm doing other stuff. It, it's not it's not something, you know, I'm with you. You can't really sit down and and do that too much anymore. All right. So um, we are at time check here. We are just at 34 minutes. And I have just been notified that the thing that I've been waiting for my grocery delivery yeah. Has now arrived. So okay. I, I need to uh, to go take care of that. Um, take out the trash, do the dishes, do that whole nighttime thing. That real life, real life happens. Real life happens. Real life gets in the way. Luckily, it's cold enough if they're hanging out there on my front porch for uh, a couple extra minutes. That's okay. So um, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, Timmy. Uh, what are you uh, keeping your eye on uh, this upcoming week? Uh, I am keeping my eye on um, the fact that my alarm will not be ringing at 5.30 in the morning uh, or 5.20 as I've been doing recently uh, all week. It is school vacation week up in New England, so uh, not that there's a whole ton to do. Uh, and even if you could do it, you're going to run into, you know, th- that, the big thing about like school vacation week was even if you wanted to travel or do something, you'd run into massively high airfare for anything or yep. like tons of families because it's not just teachers that have that week off. It's all families. So if you're going every person, winter, yeah. you are doing it this week. Um, but, you know, it should be nice to just kick it back, uh, wake up a little later and and enjoy enjoy a week without uh, without too much work. So that's uh, that's what I'm keeping my eye on. What about all you? Right. Um, I, I'm just going to keep my eye on, um, you know, what happens in the, in the QB carousel. 
um, and, uh, you know, just looking into uh, the post NFL landscape here in February see what uh, dig into some other sports and see if we can get some um, insight into some other sports. We'll have some college basketball stuff coming up. Um, so we'll, we'll have a lot of good content, uh, for you coming up. So let's make sure you keep your eyes glued to Tim's alarm Yeah, and keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire, the podcast, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Jeff. All right. How do you like that for an outro? I loved it. <laughs>